Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and we are here to talk about business. I am here with Kim from the Training Room in Brighton, Michigan. What's up, Kim? How are you today? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Doing well, of course. Excited to have you here. All righty, so let's jump right into the details here. What made you want to get into the fitness industry and open your own facility specifically? So um, it all started when I was two years old. I um, got put into gymnastics right out of diapers. And that's where I stayed until I was um, graduated high school. Um, ended up being state champ on floor exercise. After, after high school, I was just done with it. My body hurt, but I still loved being in a gym. But I did step back a little bit from being in the gym and you know went to work, went to college, made some money, you know, just kind of figured out what to do, but I just missed being in the gym. So I ended up, you know, getting, going to school for business management and managed restaurants. And I just, I hated it. And this is, you know, just where I wanted to be. I would go to the gym. I'd see, you know, trainers, you know, training their clients. And uh, I just really, really wanted to do that. And so, you know, um, my husband, who is now, now my husband wasn't at the time, you know, I said, you know, I'm just really hating my job. And he said, well, what are you going to do about it? And I said, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm going to be miserable at life, you know, at my job, like everybody is. And he said, well, shame on you. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, you're young enough that you can go do whatever you want. What do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be a personal trainer. And he said, then go be a personal trainer. So I walked into my work the next day. I didn't sleep at all that night. Walked into work the next day and I called my area director and I said, I'm stepping down. I'm going back to school to be a personal trainer. And I called him on the way home. Um, I called Matt on the way home and I said, I, I just quit. And he said, you did what? <laughs> and I enrolled in school and, you know, I, I went to uh, the National Personal Training Institute. It was a six month program. Um, and I started my business right off, you know, right after I graduated. I just started doing in-home training just to kind of, you know, get my feet wet. Um, I was, you know, setting up interviews with um, other with other companies. And I said, you know, I think I just want to be in business for myself and kind of figure this out. I've never mm-hmm. done anything like this. And um, a lot of people didn't, didn't agree with my decision, you know, as far as, you know, the people I worked with at the restaurant and, you know, but that proved them wrong. And I said, I'm going to do it. And so I did in-home training for a couple of years. And I just ended up getting so busy right. that um, I got a studio and that burnt down. And then I got another studio and then oh my goodness it was just uh you know everything just kept on happening where I just wanted to have my own facility you know with memberships and all that I would move into a gym I would train in there that gym would shut down and so my husband Matt and I just decided let's just do it let's get the loan and let's you know yeah. start, the, start the business um we have a pretty big following now that you know will come with us and so here I am six years later running the business and I love it. It's a struggle, but you know, it gets easier, you know, to deal with at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you learn how to cope. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, exactly. 
So, so many good things there. I can certainly relate to, you know, building your foundation from such a young age with gymnastics. It was the same for me. I know I started when I was three years old and got into competing. And I think that really shapes you in a lot of aspects of your life, but mm -hmm. then it makes fitness very, very relevant from the beginning and makes something, makes it something that you really want to stick with. And like you say, you get to a certain age where it's like your body just can't handle that right. type of training anymore, but you still want to continue. And that's like the gym kind of becomes like a home to you. Like it feels like a home to you. So I can certainly relate to that. Um, and then eventually getting into your own business. One thing that you said that was awesome to hear was that you went to school for business management. So I think that that's such a huge piece of being able to own and run your own gym successfully, because there are so many people who want to get into owning their own facility because they love training. You know, they want a personal train, they grow a big following and they think, okay, now I'm ready to step out and open my own facility, but they don't think about it as being as necessarily anyway, being a business, you know, right. and then along the way, it kind of hits them that like, oh, I have to learn how to do all of these things for running the business. They didn't Absolutely. realize in the beginning. Mm -hmm. yep. So I think that that's great that you've, you had that foundation from the beginning of running a business. You also had experience running other businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Yep. Yep. It was, uh, yeah, definitely helpful. Um, yeah, this is the only place I, I wanted to be, you know, right. and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind working for other people. I'm glad that I made the decision to go out on my own. Um, mm -hmm. very scary thing to do. So I made sure that I always kept a second job, you know, bartending. Um, and that's mm -hmm. what I tell a lot of my trainers here, you know, starting out, it's, you got to have that second job. It's, you know, it's nothing that just falls in your lap. I mean, building up the clientele, you really have to work at, and it takes a long time. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, the, the trainers here, um, there's, there's five of them and, um, you know, we pretty much run it like a hair salon, you know, so okay. they, they pay me rent. Mm -hmm. So I am the only employee here at the training room. Um, so that makes things a little bit easier. Um, you know, just not having to, to worry about paying payroll and payroll taxes and all of that. So um, right. that was another huge thing that helped us through COVID, you know, is not having that, that yeah, worry. hanging over your head kind of. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So, um, you know, my husband and I did a lot of research going into, um, before opening this, this facility and, you know, you just really got to, you know, like you were saying, you, you really got to work your butt off in the, in the beginning. And, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't paying people to teach classes. I, I teach them all, you right. know, so I don't have that overhead. Um, we don't have a ton of machines in here. We have a lot of free weights. Um, that saves in a lot of overhead, you know, um, just because machines are so bulky. They're so big. They, they only do one thing and they're so expensive. Right. Yes, and, absolutely. And everybody knows owning a gym, weights are not cheap. I mean, it's, it's so expensive, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, you know, I think that how gyms are run nowadays is definitely different than it was obviously 20 years ago with all the powerhouses and all, all right. that. Um, it's, it's just not the same. So, no. um, I've kind of created my facility 
to be that old school workout that everybody used to do at Powerhouse. Okay. Um, I've been in, I've been in the weight room, you know, since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love just lifting. I love lifting. And, um, it's, I, that, that's kind of just where I've stayed. I've never gotten in the whole CrossFit world. Um, I never got into yoga, which I should, because I don't stretch enough. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty common. I yeah. <laughs> include myself in that. Definitely don't stretch enough. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's kind of just what we do here. And we really teach people how to, you know, strength train. And, you know, we also definitely get their cardio in, but the main thing that we do is one-on-one personal training. Okay. So my trainers are required to find their own clients, but I pretty much find them all for them. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because we've been established for a while, you know, um, and because of the website, obviously I can't take every every clientele that walks in the door and I don't want to, I want to, you know, I've trained so much for the last 10 years. I want to run the business more than train. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We're finally getting to that point where I can kind of step back off that. Good. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So as far as acquiring new clients go, so you have a website, so I'm sure that that helps kind of bring some traffic into the gym. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, are you doing any type of paid advertising through like Facebook, Google, Instagram, any of those kind of things, or are you more so organic? Yeah, we don't, um, I have not done, I barely even go on my, um, on the training room Facebook page. Um, I'm not, I'm not huge on social media. I probably should get better at it, but the fact is I don't really need to. And Mm -hmm. the reason I say that is because I am only one person. So I have a pretty good, um, I have good traffic that comes in just from the website. I'm, you know, I'm up there on the Google searches and stuff like that, but, you know, I still have to train. I still have to run the business. And, you know, when people come in and they want to find trainers, then it's obviously my job to set them up with a trainer to introduce the two. So I can't have 30 people walking in the door at once, you know, or Mm -hmm. even in a month that would just, it, it would be too hard on me. And, um, you know, of course I could hire somebody, but that's just not really where we're at yet. And that's not really what I want to want to do with that. So, um, so to answer your question, we, we did advertise in the beginning, mm-hmm. but I haven't really needed to, um, especially after COVID, it's just been insane, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So after COVID, there was one week that said I, I couldn't find trainers you know, yeah. and, um, we were just so busy. I, I, I trained 51 sessions in one uh, week. It was terrible, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah. it was just hard to run the business like that. So, Definitely. um, so yeah, to answer your question, no, we don't do any advertising. Um, the website, our website is probably the best thing that, um, we did by getting that, um, and, you know, getting it on top of the, of the Google searches. Mm -hmm. probably the best thing that that we did yeah it certainly helps to optimize things as far as google goes because you want to be the first name that pops up when people uh google gyms in your area that certainly helps to get some new faces in your door um so as far as your day-to-day goes so how many hours are you spending on the floor training every day oh um it depends. Um, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, I work long days, not always training all day long, but I start early and I end late with some breaks in the middle. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I get a lot of like my office stuff done there. Um, but personally, like me training, um, I do I do the classes in the mornings, which is you know Monday through Friday at nine a.m. And then I do some group training, which are personal training sessions, but they're in a group. Um, so I, I'm training multiple people at once. Okay. And there's a two hour block of of that Tuesdays and Thursdays that I do, um, which is which is great. I love doing that because the one-on-one, you know, can get kind of boring sometimes, you know, if you're yeah. doing it over and over and over and over again, Definitely. But, you know, doing the group training, you're just running your butt off and that two hours goes by like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I probably am on the floor training about five hours, four or five hours, um, a day. Okay. So, yep. And that's where I kind of want to keep it. if not even a little bit less. Right. Yeah. That was my next question. So that does allow you some time anyway, to focus on the business and the growth of the business and, you know, what's coming next. uh, What are our next moves? Mm -hmm. That's something that a lot of gym owners struggle with because they want to one. I mean, typically the reason that they got into owning a gym was because they like training people. Mm -hmm. They like helping people. They like changing their lives. So a lot of gym owners want to be on the floor training their clients all day, every day, but then they run into a situation where they can't focus on the business side because they're too busy on the floor. And, you know, if you're training from 4 a.m. to 8 p.m. or even later, the last thing that you want to do at the end of the day is sit down and look at the numbers, you know? So a lot of times people get into a situation where they just don't really pay attention to that stuff. Right. Um, And then it tends to kind of snowball from there. And that's when a lot of gym owners get into some sticky situations because they're just not paying attention to those things. And I think that's where the the business management side really comes in. So having that nailed down and being able to balance the two is super important. It is. It is. Um, And, you know, I know exactly when our busy time is. It's funny because everyone's like, oh, you know, January is, is your busy time. Actually, it's one of my slowest months. Because everybody will go to, you know, the cheaper gyms and they want to, you know, they want to do their New Year's resolution on their own. Well, I get them when they've failed the New Year's resolution. Yeah. So my February, March, April, May, all the way through summer, we are just crazy. Then we get the the, um, kids that come back from college and, you know, they're athletes and they want to be trained all summer. So, um, you know, I have to, I definitely have to train more through those times, um, but you know, right now I'm prepping a new trainer to make sure that she's ready in the spring. You know, a lot of my trainers, um, I have found and prepped myself or have gone to the school that I went to and have told them, you know, Hey, if anybody lives around here, you know, I, I I need trainers. So I am so blessed with the trainers that I have gotten because, um, I mean, there's, there's zero drama with them. They're easygoing. So, I mean, I am so thankful for that because, you know, that can be, that can also be very hard to find, you know? 100%. Yeah. I think that's one of the largest challenges that you face as a business owner in general, not even oh, just sure. within the fitness industry, but Absolutely. across the board, finding help is so hard. And a lot of the time too, within the fitness industry specifically, it's not necessarily that the job is hard 
but it's multifaceted. You know, there are so many different facets to being a trainer. It's like you have to have the personality, you have to have the knowledge, you have to be able to actually apply that knowledge. So that's something too, where sometimes there's um, some discrepancies because a lot of times people go through these programs and most of them being online programs. So they're not really having any experience actually in the gym, working with people, applying that knowledge. So there's a all of this knowledge that they come in with, but they don't necessarily know how to apply it. So Mm -hmm. there's that aspect. And then there's also the membership sales aspect of it as well, which is a whole other skill set that you have to Mm -hmm. learn. So there it's just, it's, it's very, it's multifaceted. And I think it's sometimes it's hard to find people that can do all of those things and do them well. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So if you found um, a few trainers that you have that are are good, that's definitely a good situation to be in. So others cannot say the same. I know I always struggled finding staff Mm -hmm. for sure. That was Mm -hmm. a huge, huge struggle. So, you know, you can't just promise them 40 hours walking in the door, you know, right? that's hard. I mean, they are essentially running their own business also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I try to be a good mentor to them also and you know explain how it is what they need to do where to get their insurance you know um mm-hmm. and I'm very open with them about anything and you know in this gym it's pretty much if it's mine it's yours you know mm-hmm. so um come into my office you know use my computer sure that's just that's that's what we want is a really nice gym family here that um we don't have any of those issues you know we have the yes. cameras we have the the security, um, our front door is always locked and, you know, mm-hmm. you use an app to, to get in the door. So we're very private. Um, and I've yet, uh, again, blessed that I've yet to have any problems there. So yes, that's huge. And it is. Yeah. having that tight knit community within your staff as well, and avoiding any type of negativity or toxicity, uh, you know, it only takes one person to bring yeah. the whole team down. So yeah. That's huge as well. Yeah. Uh, so as far as growth goes, is there anything specific that you're focused on within the business over the next six months to a year or so? Well, we actually just made a huge move. Um, we just wrapped it up. So my um, the building that I was in went up for sale um, probably like two years ago. And so you know, of course there's panic there. Like, what if I get kicked out? You know, um, so, you know, we're looking at other places and I'm like, you know, why don't, now I would just try to buy the building. Yeah. So we agree that we're going to buy the building. Mm -hmm. So we have, you know, renters next door um, that, you know, pay us. And so for right now, we're, we're about almost full, but I would like probably about 20 more members, maybe a little bit more. And then we'll kind of see what we're going to do next, you know, do we go open another one close by? Mm-hmm. Do we expand in this building? Um, we don't really know yet. So I think that after spring, after like my busy time when, um, you know, I get most of my members for the year, you know, right. um, we'll see kind of where we are in, in this building and how we're, how we're doing if we're busting at the doors or, you know, right. we said that we were only going to take around a hundred, um, but we're at 90, 90 some right now and it's not too full, you know? So 
we'll just have to kind of see, you know, what happens there. Um, not a ton of people come in and use it like as their everyday gym. Mm -hmm. um, most of the people are, you know, like I said, showing up to do one-on-one -on -one training. Um, so there's just busy times where if you're coming in to use it as your normal gym, I say stay away these times. You know, here, here's a list of times that I would really, I wouldn't recommend you coming here because there's a ton of people here. Mm -hmm. They appreciate that because those other times there's barely anybody in here. So they yeah. get pretty much a nice gym to themselves and they look, you know, turn on the music and, you know, so, um, so that's worked out really well to kind of fill those, those spots when there's, you know, nobody in here doing the one-on-ones or, you know, the group. Um, so yeah, I think by, by next spring, we should kind of have figured out where to move forward. You know, um, we got to kind of decide if we, expand the gym or you know my husband and I kind of want to get into buying the real estate a little bit more because yeah that's you know we enjoyed doing that um it was a lot of work it was something different but um you know I kind of just want something always to fall back on I guess if you know the the gym industry somehow takes a hit like it did in 2008 you know where everything took a hit you know yeah. um so so that's kind of up in the air about, you know, what, what we're going to do in the next six months, but it's all positive things. It's, um, you know, I think that every gym owner is probably very thankful that we all got through COVID and hundred percent and we're busy as ever, you know, mm -hmm. so for whatever reason that, you know, it's, it's hard to say. So yeah, definitely. So within your business, the clients that you currently have. So obviously training is a service that you offer. Are there any other services that you offer to the clients that you have as far as accountability, nutrition, supplements, anything of that nature? Uh, nutrition, definitely. Um, I don't do much with, with supplements um, only mm -hmm. because I've always, my for me, myself, I can't take supplements. So I've never, you know, got into them that much. And I know that I know that they are important, but for myself, I just, um, I can't take them. So, mm -hmm. um, there are, there are a couple people in the gym that, um, are very experienced. They're not trainers. They are just, um, you know, they're just people that they're just members. Yeah. They're very knowledgeable. So, you know, I'll kind of send the people over there, you know, that <laughs> they want to deal with the supplements, but, um, so just the training and then the group training, the classes, um, that's in the nutrition. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and, then, yeah. and then the free counseling sessions, you know, that's through the, the training sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not another source of revenue, but it's a, another level of service. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So it is so true. A lot of times you are, um, a counselor during those sessions, especially the one-on-one -on -one sessions. Sure. Um, but so yeah, providing those other streams of revenue. So I just, I wanted to touch on that because a lot of times gym owners don't realize that their greatest source of revenue is the clients that they already have, you know? So mm -hmm. providing another level of service for people, people who have purchased from you in the past are more likely to purchase from you again, you know, right. than bringing new people in the door. Mm -hmm. So providing those other streams of revenue and those other services for your clients provides a better level of service for your client, better results. And mm -hmm. then again, another stream of revenue 
for the business. So I think that that's something that people don't always think about. You know, it's always like, right. let me just get more people in the door, mm -hmm. but you can provide higher levels of services to the clients that you already have and right. get more out of the clients that you already have. And also, again, provide that better level of service, get your clients better results. So yeah. it's kind of like a no brainer. Yeah. Um, but I think that that gets overlooked a lot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. So one question that I love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is it can be a little hard because a lot of times people are like, well, there are so many things going through my head right now. But if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing within your business right now, what would that be and why? Oh, um, <clears throat> hmm. if I could change one thing, I think I think it would be a remodel to update everything. And I know mm -hmm. that that's coming soon, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, my husband and I built this gym together, like physically, you know, mm -hmm. um, put all the flooring in and all of that. So I know that eventually that's going to have to all be redone, you know, new paint jobs, redo the bathrooms. Um, it still looks great, but you know, it's kind of like your, it's kind of like your house, you know, where you, it, it looks fine, but there's things that you want to do, you right. know, and it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, do you get friends to help you out with it? Do you, you know, hire contractors, you know, um, how long does the gym have to be closed for to do something, you know, to do the work that you want to do? Um, but but I also feel that it's something that really needs to be done because I think that my members deserve that also, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. um, they, they have a nice place to work out in. Absolutely. But can we make it better? You know? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and don't get me wrong. I am very, very proud of my gym. I'm very proud of, you know, what is in it. Um, who's here. I, I mean, I could not be more proud, but it's kind of always, you know, how, how can we make it better? You know, definitely want more. You know, yes. constantly so, growing, constantly mm -hmm. improving, making yeah. the facility better, reaching more people, helping more people, changing more lives. That's that's the bottom yeah. line. That's what it's always all about. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So moving into, you know, potentially this new facility is that or larger facility rather. Um, is that when you're thinking you'll kind of start to do that or that's just something that's longer term or? Well, um, so I have been um, getting a lot of advice, you know, from um, from friends and stuff that, you know, have owned commercial real estate mm -hmm. and, um, you know, are, are big business owners and stuff. You know, I mm -hmm. always love talking uh, to business owners and stuff and getting, you know, advice from them. And the advice that I'm getting is, you know, you just you you pick a project every year and you and you do that to stay up on the building you know maybe a couple projects so probably in the next year you know we'll kind of give it a facelift you know and um you know maybe put a sauna in that that's something that we've talked about um you know redoing you know the bathroom i don't have a shower you know let's put a shower in so it's it's small things that we can just do in this facility that we already have and then next door, if that, you know, becomes available or, you know, they don't want to renew their lease or something, then we would expand over there and, you know, mm -hmm. then we could do a lot more. So that's kind of, we're kind of 
stuck a little bit in, in this place where we got to see what happens with the future before you spend all this money to, you know, remodel the facility that you're in, you know, yes, because absolutely. obviously it's not cheap to do that. And no. every gym owner knows the struggle, you know, it is to run a gym and to, and to pay the bills. Um, you know, we've done a great job of, of keeping very little overhead, you know, mm -hmm. which obviously really helped us through COVID also. Yes. Um, but that's very important to us to keep little overhead just in case, you know, again, the economy goes down or whatever. So we always want to set ourselves up to make sure that we're still here. Definitely. Um, so, you know, it's kind of just take things slow and um, fix what you got to fix. Keep up on the building, you know, mm -hmm. um, make sure that you have <laughs> money in the bank. So when something goes wrong, because <laughs> now you are, you know, the owner of the building. And right. so, um, so yeah, it'll definitely happen here in this facility, you know, the remodel someday, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you just always want more. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. And I mean, on that subject and the subject of expansion, I think something that gets overlooked a lot of the times people end up jumping like jumping ship too soon, kind of into Absolutely. a larger facility Absolutely. without first filling the facility that they're in. So sometimes they get this like false sense of security because it looks really good. Like membership at their current facility looks really good. Things are going really well. It seems like they have a good flow of members and then they're like, okay, I can do this again. But it have they kind of do that too soon and then something happens and they end up getting set back. And now you're trying to balance two facilities right. at the same time. And then you focus your attention on one and it brings down the other and vice versa. And it can be yeah. really challenging to do. So, I mean, one piece of advice that is super important is to make sure that you're filling the facility to an absolute maximum capacity, a hundred percent before you even think about opening another facility, you know, yeah. all of your classes are full. Okay. Can you add more class times Right. before you even think about getting into that larger facility? Because mm -hmm. like I said, that's something that's, it's just overlooked so much. And that false sense of security can really put you in a position that is not so great, especially if you don't have that working capital in the bank, you know, right. to, to right. be able to support yourself if something goes down. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely really great pieces of advice there for sure moving forward. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, and for others as well, I mean, you, you being in that position and, and knowing, like you said, having that business management experience, knowing that you should have that money in the bank before you make that move is right. huge. Right. Um, so easy to overlook and just kind of make moves without planning. And right, right now, especially in the industry is it's so hard to plan because nobody knows what's coming. And I think that over the last year and a half or so, everybody's been so shocked at what happened that everybody's just kind of like waiting for a shoe to drop essentially, you know, sure. um, and just kind of tiptoeing and just kind of going along and going through the motions mm -hmm. and not making any major moves. So I can uh, certainly appreciate that. Yep. Pay off as, as much as you can while we're busy and 
you know, again, keep that overhead low. Exactly. Low. Yes. Yeah. It's been crazy. I mean, over 30% of gyms have just completely closed. So those gyms that have remained open, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's huge just to have your doors open at this point. So congratulations to you for being able to keep your doors open Thank during you. that time. Thank Absolutely. You. And speaking of that, so through COVID, did you have um, an online platform at all that you used? I did. Um, okay. I, didn't, I did not uh, charge anybody for it because what was happening is a lot of the, my members are amazing and they, um, they would continue to pay. So I would, you know, of course I wasn't making nearly what I was when I was open, but they right. would continue to pay their membership. And, and as a thank you, I would send videos, you know, to them, um, some of them would want individual, um, but pretty much I would just do it as, as a thank you and kind of and kind of keep those those memberships rolling. Um, that was something that you know my accountant kind of suggested to us and was like, all right, you know, because you know we we're going to try to get these loans and these loans, and I didn't end up getting any any help other than unemployment, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, opening back up, I you know. I had debt, you know, I, I owed back rent and all that fun stuff, but right. you know, we just got so busy that it was, you know, it got paid off. I had to work my tail off because I was training, you know, sometimes 12 hours a day, but mm -hmm. I had to, you know, I had to get caught up. Exactly. So, and then, you know, the business just stayed. So right. it's still, it's still booming. And, um, I, I know I'm, I'm very, I'm very blessed because I know that a lot of, you know, restaurants and gyms and, you know, all kinds of different businesses went down. Um, so I, I, I could not be happier, but you know, I couldn't, I wasn't able to get a lot of those loans because I don't have employees, which, which is fine. You know, mm -hmm. um, there was other people that needed that money a lot more. So Definitely, my husband yeah. kept his job and we, you know, just, we got through it. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me how many times I've heard just speaking with so many gym owners post COVID, the amount of members who continued to pay their memberships over that time is just amazing to hear about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The community is and the support that the members provided to gym owners during that time and vice versa, you know, it goes both ways, but it's just amazing. The amount of people who are willing to continue paying just to keep the doors open, you know, just to yeah. make sure that they had a place to return to at the yeah. end of all of it is just really, really cool to hear about such a tight knit community and such supportive people. It's just, it's awesome to hear that. And it I've heard it so cool. many times. It is very cool. And I, and I didn't even have to ask them. Um, they just, you know, they just kept on paying and it was, it was, it was great. I mean, well, I, I can't be more thankful, you know, if it wasn't for them, I, I don't know if I would still be alive. You know, right. so yeah, um, absolutely. So it was, yeah, I, I would write them emails. You know, thank you <laughs> so much. You know, for for all of your support because you are the the whole reason that my dream is just keeps on going. You know? Yeah, hundred percent reason that the doors are still open. So mm -hmm. that's amazing. Good for you, and and good for you for building that type of community as well. You know, it starts with you. So that's huge. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Alrighty. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, like I said, I don't use the training room um, 
one a time, but it, mm -hmm. um, people do leave me messages and stuff on there. So it's uh, the training room Brighton. And then my own personal um, Facebook is Kimmy Kyle, um, my maiden name, Maddie. So a lot of people will hit me up on there also, um, okay. or just go to the website um, at ctrbrighton.com and all of our websites there with all of our trainers and stuff on there. Perfect. All righty. The training room in Brighton, Michigan. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kim. It's been awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much. Of course. All righty. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Scott Brewer, and welcome back to Gym Lords Podcast. We interview real gym owners. Maybe they're in the trenches. Maybe they're discovering more about their business and really just building their business knowledge as a whole. Today, we have Joe Smeck from New Jersey who owns Ludus Performance. Joe, say hello to Gym Lord Nation and give us that 30-second elevator pitch about your business and where it is today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Joe Smack. As Scott said, I'm Ludus Performance, uh, West Windsor, New Jersey. Um, we are a garage-style facility. Um, we, our big niche is personal training. Um, and our slogan here and what we kind of thrive on is becoming your champion within so we take, it doesn't matter what fitness level you're at, but we take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Um, and our big thing is move, getting you to move better and getting you stronger, get you ready for life. Sweet. Okay. So you guys said your main goal is one-on-one -on -one training, your primary focus, right? So tell me how many members do you have right now? So currently we have about 115, 120 members, just depending upon, you know, if kids are going away for school or people going on breaks, but yeah, right around there. Gotcha. Okay. So that number kind of, it's volatile. Yeah. We have like people go on freeze or anything like that coming back and forth. So we have a lot of people that actually like travel as well for work. Yeah. We're getting back into that now. So yeah. 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 Okay. So that's interesting. But right now, let's focus on where I was initially going to take the conversation, which is like, how, what's the percentage of, say, the 115, 120 met recurring members that are currently doing PT with you? I would say right now, it's about running anywhere from 55 to 60% of our okay. members are currently training. Okay. So that's nice, right? So about mm -hmm. 50 to 60 then are doing personal training with you. Yes. Okay. So tell me. Is this something that you hope to continue scaling? Is that a percentage that you want to continue to be at there? Or do you perform more of like a 80-20 split? Or is everyone still doing group training while they're doing PT? How does all that work in your vision? 
Yeah, so we definitely want to scale our personal training program. Uh, that's our bread and butter, and that's also where the way we've developed our uh, membership base, like in terms of our membership rates, that is the one that brings yeah. us in the most. Um, we have an open gym. We have a group fitness membership. We also have a combination of all three. Um, but our personal training is members come in, they buy a certain amount of sessions a month, they get access to the gym as well on their own. Um, and yeah, so I would love to grow my staff a little bit more, um, add in more personal training. Um, because it, what I've noticed and what I feel is that when we get more people who are training with the trainer, their retention is a lot higher. Um, so they keep coming back and they refer people in. Um, it gives it a lot more of that community feel as well. When you get to know all the trainers, you get to know everybody's clients. So okay, we're definitely going to be continuing to scale that. You just feel like from a personal training perspective, the characteristics, the results that people get outside of the general like physical result, right? They get the feeling of community. There's more engagement. There's more interaction. They learn more about what you guys are about in that setting. You just, and, and also the retention rate, I think you indicated too, is a lot better when they enter the one-on-one. So you just feel like the impact to the member is a lot greater. Yes, absolutely. Okay, sweet. sweet. Okay. So why does that not translate into like group training, for example? So it does here. So what we do is it actually kind of like they're symbiotic in a sense. So we have people who come to our group classes because my personal trainers are also the ones that run the classes. Um, they'll join the class and what they'll notice is the people who train are either doing some of the movements better or they're kind of progressing in those classes a lot faster than they are. So then they actually go and they want to talk to those trainers um, and vice versa. We have people who train and they're like, they want to get to know more people. So we say, Hey, why don't you come join our class? They go in, they join. And then again, it gets that community feel. So it's kind of like, again, back and forth between those two. Um, they generate each other in a sense. It's always nice to see, right. When you work with someone individually and then they get in that group setting you see the level that you've taken them to. Yes, they're, absolutely. They're, they're moving a lot better. You know, they really stand out in that kind of setting. Do you feel like that has an effect on the group members in the group class who aren't doing one-on-one -on -one training? Maybe they're like, hey, Mike, dude, you're crushing it in this class now. Like, what's what did you do? What's the difference? And then there's this engagement created like, oh, I just got with their one-on-one -on -one trainer, John, this guy is legit. You know, you should sign up for the personal training here. Absolutely. I think that's actually, uh, that's how one of our trainers has basically grown her entire business so far. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. So, so, so then you would say an idea of scaling your personal training might be to scale the group because as we continue to scale the so group. I think you broke up there. Well, what I'm saying is, is that an idea to scale personal training might be to scale group. Hey, bro. Hey, sorry about that. No worries. Do you usually get good Wi-Fi there? Yeah, I'm usually pretty good. I haven't had any issues so far, so. Okay. Yeah. Let right. me know. Yeah, we'll try and edit that out. It seems like you're back 100%, so we're good. Let's awesome. just pick it up. Yeah. So I think you recall where we were going, where we were in our conversation, and so I just want to pick it up where it's like, yeah. 
Okay, so one might think based on that happening, right? And even a personal trainer was able to scale her personal training business within your facility. It's like, hey, all we really need to do is scale our group, scale the yes. members that are in the group, and then we continue funneling personal trainers into there. And then we can get this like cross selling going on to where people that are in the group, now they're coming into PT. Absolutely. Um, so that's actually going to be one of our big pushes for this year. Um, last year, we got our personal training program to where I wanted it to be during our first year. Um, word of mouth spread because how good my guys are. We work closely with like physical therapy departments, all that yeah. um, in the area. And now like I want to push the open gym and the, you know, um, classes that we have because it's got exactly it. what you just said. Gets in more people, more revenue and also gets our guys more exposure. So, yeah, it's almost like you're a fucking like as you try and build this thing, you're actually building out like a lake. You're making a lake bigger and bigger and you continue to fill it with more fish and more fish and more fish. And then when you go out there and you go fishing, you're just catching more fish and putting them into your profitable parts of your business, which is one-on-one -on -one training and even potentially like semi-private where now it's maybe like two, three or four people in a class who maybe are paying less than a one-on-one -on -one training, but they're getting, they're getting the same product essentially. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. All right, cool. So that's fucking money. All right. Mm -hmm. That's absolute money. Now tell me about, I think that we both are aligned regarding what we need then or what you do in that position is just grow clientele, grow, yes. grow, grow your group. So let's get into client acquisition. Talk mm -hmm. to me right now about what you guys are doing in a client acquisition process of your business. So that's, um, that actually has two parts. So okay. one, we just switched our gym software only a few months ago to MindBody, okay. Okay. which has its own um, marketing tool in a yeah. sense, which helps us out a lot. Um, but other than that, what we've been focusing on is word of mouth. And now we do a lot more of, I've had a lot more time now that my staff's kind of been around a lot more. Um, yeah. where I get to go out. I get to meet with uh, physical ther uh, therapy departments. I get to go talk to the schools, um, talk to the apartment complexes. Just opening up at like the beginning of that pandemic stage, it was kind of interesting trying to you know get into places, talk to them about coming in. Um, and now that things are kind of opening up and the area is starting to kind of feel a little, you know, more at ease with everything going on. It's been a lot more um, accessible to get into, into places and have conversations about bringing them in and doing different classes and things like that. So yeah, basically right now, um, our main goal is going to be using the mind body app itself to kind of promote. We do a lot of social media. Um, I have my trainers all post things all the time. We use our gym postings. Um, we go to doctor's office, we do different events. So we made a lot of small business, um, like vendor connections throughout the area, like some, you know, supplement shops, again, a lot of physical therapy places. Um, we actually like work alongside the police, um, firefighters and all that. So we're going to just kind of keep focus on those, push that a little bit more. And now that we've actually been making more money, um, we get a lot more merchandise, which has been actually driving a lot of people in, which is nice because people are like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. Um, you know, what, what do you do? And they explain it, they bring them in. And then we use a referral system as well. So anybody that you bring into the gym and they sign up, you get a free month. Got it. Like that. So, okay. So you guys have a referral system in place mm -hmm. to where there's just incentive behind it. 
Yes. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you guys actually have a system that's functioning, that's indicating and weaponizing them on how to talk about Ludus performance mm -hmm. or, or do you, I don't know. So, I mean, what's with the trainers, absolutely. Like they know how to go out and talk about it and all that. Uh, when it comes to our members, I would say that, yeah. you know, we talk to them about like we, when we, when we mentioned the gladiator referral program in the very beginning, when they come in, we sit down with them. We talk to them about all the things that we offer here and we talk about the referral system. We tell them like, listen, not only does it incentivize you to get, you know, basically free stuff, but also like, it's going to help build the community that you want. So like when you come here, if like there's people that are friends of yours and you know, they're going to enjoy it, go out, talk to them about your experience here. Talk to them about like what the trainers offer, how we walk around. We help you guys out when you're in the middle of doing things, even if you're not training one-on-one -on -one, and kind of discuss that vibe and that feel. And then um, I think that itself kind of just the way that like they discuss the interaction they've had with us has kind of been what our driving force is. But in terms of having like a set, this is what we'd like you guys to talk to them about. When you bring them in now, we don't have something that in place. Yeah. Anyway, we can move on from this, but like, when I see, when I talk about like a referral system, it's, it's not the incentive that's the system. The system is like something that might be, um, let's say that you guys generate a post on Instagram, mm -hmm. right? And you create this, this prize behind it and you tell, you tag each, you tag your members in it and you say, Hey, tag three of your friends and potentially win this prize. And also if one of those free friends signs up with us, you get a free month. Mm -hmm. So it's like you weaponize them through a system to where they don't have to go out and talk about your product and how they view it. All they're doing is just connecting what you're creating about your product. Yeah, we do that with our social media. So like whenever we do classes, okay. things like that, we tag them the stories, we have them reshare it, they post it. Um, and again, same thing, like if they get somebody, even if it's like a referral off of the Instagram or anything like that, like we give them like free classes or free membership or things like that. So social media is that's where like it's been very big for us and it has helped us quite a bit. So, cool. But all that's all that's happening is organically, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Do you guys do any digital marketing and like advertising? Um, so there's a few circumstances why we really couldn't this past year um, with certain things, but overall we kind of like once in a while, like if we have big events, we're, you know, doing Facebook ads, we're doing. Oh, you are doing ads. Yeah. Once in a while, very, it's not a lot. Like we'll send it out like maybe two weeks in advance. We pay a little bit amount because again, we, we did just start and, you know, uh, we wanted to save a lot of our money into building the business internally inside, keep growing the equipment and all that. Um, so okay. it hasn't been a huge push for us, to be honest. Again, it's been mostly word of mouth, but we have used it here and there. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to have this conversation with you because from a marketing perspective, and it, it does sound like probably 99% of it is organic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, from a marketing perspective, it does sound like you're doing a lot. There's a lot of resources, time, energy, attention that's being put into these different areas. Uh, but you initially told me like your clientele is volatile. So I'm trying to either like, so, you're wrong I would say about like, that or, yeah. So what I mean by like it fluctuating, it's something like this. So for example, um, with everything that just kind of happened with COVID, we were at steady at about 120. 
Um, with things like now things are kind of relaxing. We have some of our members that will go and they travel and they put their membership on freeze and they come back in a month. So we're fluctuating again, like it, but it's not, it's like maybe five to six people at a time. It's not like it's the whole membership base is going up and down. Um, our training, because we have some people traveling, we have kids going back to school, the training clients dropped a little bit, but then we pick them back up with other people. So it's not been volatile in the sense of huge drop-offs. Yeah. It's actually just kind of like one or two people, five, six, like tops in a month span, but then they're back the following month. Gotcha. So okay. Yeah. Sweet. So what would you say you're netting new client per month then? Netting per month? Yeah. Uh, let's see. From what you're, you're doing organically? I would say we've averaged about in the past, we started with 30 in the beginning. We're at 120 now. Um, over the past like four or five months, we've probably net about seven. And most of them are, again, they're training clients for the most part that then either transfer into just group classes or open gym afterwards, or they just stay with the training. Most oh, of the time they stay with training. So they're initially signing up for your PT. Yes. Got it. Got it. So okay. We haven't pushed so much for the open gym. Like, so my space can only hold 50 people maximum at a time. What's the square um, footage? It's 5,600. But because we have like one bathroom, it limits how many people you can have in the, in the space. Are so you talking about from a, I'm sorry, are you talking about from like a restriction and regulatory perspective or yes. an actual physical perspective? No, from like a restriction and a regulatory uh, oh. perspective. I can only have 50 people in my space at a time. Oh. So our push hasn't been so much of open gym because also at the time in New Jersey, they limited the capacity to 25%. Right. But now that that's opened up and everything else, we can now push for more of that open gym feel. So like ah. our growth has been mostly personal training clients I or see. coming I in for classes. So now that that is more open though and available to us, we're gonna be pushing for that open gym bigger. Every so often we're getting that hiccup. It's, mm -hmm. okay. it's okay. okay, I'm gonna have them edit it out, but just okay. go ahead and pick it up. Cool. Uh, what did you hear me last? Um, we're going to, you're talking about how you're focusing more on the open gym now. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, I mean, again, now the restrictions have been opened. Um, we're going to be, fo we focus a lot more now on pushing for that open gym uh, membership and those group class memberships. Um, like what we've been basically doing has been growing the entire business from personal training at this point. Sure. Um, so with like now the restrictions are open, it's going to be a lot easier to get people into. Um, our area has been very, very cautious with everything going on with COVID. And we've taken a lot of precautions to do that. And now that like people know that we were very safe and, you know, we do things a certain way, they feel more comfortable. So it's been growing that way, but we haven't marketed for that. So that's the reason why it hasn't marked, uh, membership hasn't just drastically been increasing month to month. Gotcha. And you feel like the change in marketing messaging that would appeal to someone who's actually looking for more, more of an open gym or group class facility, you feel like that will enhance the amount of clients that you net per month. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Cause we have, we barely touched like some of the local places around us, like the apartment complexes. So now that we've been focusing more on that, we're getting a lot more people coming in. Um, we are really close with like our next door neighbors who are like a music school and things like that. They're sending parents over while they drop their kids off. So it's getting a lot better. What regard. what number do you want? Like, what number would a facility and a business that's in the position that you're in 
who mm-hmm. is like, you have you have a clear path moving forward for mm-hmm. a result that you want, right? It's yes. like, grow the open, grow the group. Cool. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Bring more high quality clients to us yes. on like a, a volume scale. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's your number then? What, what can you sustain, let's say monthly? So monthly right now, if we have, we'll say like 50 open gym members at a time, like if they're spread out throughout the day, not every gym member comes in every single day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we have maybe, time. exactly. So like it's, we have a lot of room to grow and my trainers, a lot of them train in the morning. Um, some of our trainers are evening, which is basically me and one of my other trainers. Um, what we're going to be looking to do now is like, since we can open it up, I mean, and our capacity is now back up, yeah. we could probably push for about, if I'm at 120 right now, I would like to get to like 200, 220. And if it's from just classes and open gym, that would work about 80 more people because our capacity can hold it. And again, unless everybody's coming in at the exact same time, which is a rarity that that happens, you know, we'll be able to do that because the class yeah. can be scheduled at certain times and everything else. Let me ask you a question. Is 220 yes. is 220 the number that you intellectually think is the number for sustainability reasons based on the staff structure or capacity reasons based on the the space? I would say capacity reasons more so than the staff structure. Um, just because again, we have the environment here is very much so where it's a small tight-knit community but also like people have the availability and space to work out so people come in they work out and it's not too crowded it's not too um like commercialized so i still want to be able to keep that feel Mm -hmm. um while scaling and getting what i say is like the memberships the open gym memberships are essentially it's passive income for the gym in a sense yeah like we don't have anybody needs to work it it's just i'm here usually anyway with clients all throughout the day so I'm here, people come in, they work out on their own, they do their thing and they leave. So from a from a building perspective, and I guess more of a clientele like um, perspective, it would be it would be better not to go too crazy for the yeah, space. So I, I wouldn't even say it's due to the space then. I would say it's due to like the boutique style that you want to keep it at, like the atmosphere and the community type feel that you want to have. Yes. Yeah, that would be a better way of putting it actually, yes. Gotcha. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, that's sweet. And then I like what you talked about too, regarding like, hey, look, like this reoccurring membership for our open gym is going to be like our passive income, mm-hmm. or it's going to be our income that covers like our expenses or whatever, yes. right? That's cool. You're that's business minded thinking right mm-hmm. there, one on one. So, um, dude, let's get into sales process. While, while we got a little bit of time, talk to me a little bit about what happens when you're bringing these new clients in. And they're ready to sign up with you and get started. So a lot of it, again, because it's been such a, like a, a gradual, but steady, slow progression. Yeah. I've been able to get in front of a lot of the members that come through the door, Sweet. Um, which is great because one of the things that I can say I'm good at is I, I know how to put them with the right people. Um, okay. So when we bring them in, I always like to try to get members, even if they don't plan on working with a trainer, I like to at least get them in front of a trainer. So they kind of get to know my staff a little bit and kind of show them what the process would be like. So when I do that, I get a trainer set up with them. Um, they put them through like an evaluation process. They also talk about everything that the gym offers. Um, 
they'll do a movement screen with them. They'll do exercise with them. And from there, the tra they either buy training or based on the sales process, I've kind of taught them how to pitch it and all that. Um, or they go, you know what, this is great. I mean, I would like to try one of the classes with you and we get them in the class. Um, I don't, we have online members like where you can come you can sign up online for our gym, but even then it gets an email sent to me so I can reach out to them, try to get them in front of one of my trainers or get them in one of our classes. Um, so when they come in, they meet with the trainer, they sit down, they go through a movement screen, they go through a practical um, exercise routine with them. And then when they sit down, we go over all of our membership options with them. We, saw, we tell them, look, you know, this is all based on you. We don't do a hard sell process. Um, I don't really believe in that. I want people to feel comfortable here. And we kind of show them, look, this is what you could do. This is how you could improve. This is how we would work with you. But if you want to do this on your own, absolutely. We're always here. Someone is always here in the building, some uh, training professional. So if you have any questions, come let us know. Um, and that seems to be working well so far. We also let them know, obviously, about the referral program and all that. Um, and we go from there. Okay, cool. So... What I heard from you there was it's not necessarily a diagnostic approach where you're trying to figure out what they need and what they're struggling with. It's more so about you guys kind of explain what your expertise are mm -hmm. and what you guys like to focus on and do and see if that fits with their goals. Is that right? No. So like when, when they meet with a trainer, like they go over what their goals are and the trainer okay. will take that in consideration. They put them through a movement screen and they say, okay, so based on your goals, this is what we would recommend that you would do. Um, this is how you would do it. Um, they get more into the program and all that and talk to them. About so it is a diagnostic see. approach. Yes, it is a diagnostic yeah. approach. It then goes into what we offer and what we can okay, offer. Okay, cool. The mm -hmm. reason why I wanted to get clear on that is because two different types of sales, two different types of products there. Yes. And it sounds like yours would appeal more to, you know, the marketplace. Yes. So that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay, sweet, man. And so when they sign up with you, now what are the sales processes that follow? So from there, if they sign up with us, let's say they just sign up with like Open Gym. Again, they are, they're still going to pull with the trainer. So they still get to meet with the trainer after that, um, which just gives the trainer another opportunity or myself, whoever they're meeting with, another opportunity to either sell them on personal training or sell them on classes um, or at least give them like the time so that those people can kind of show up during those times and see what it looks like. Yeah. Um, if they sign up for group classes, the sales process is essentially the trainer and what they do um, and the community that they see when they participate and how it goes and all that. Kind of like we talked about in the beginning, they'll see that difference between a training client and someone who does it all strictly on their own. Um, or if they sign up for personal training, it's, I leave a lot of that sales process and I don't even really, I don't even really like to call it a sales process. It's basically just once they work with that trainer, I have enough confidence in my staff that they're going to get them to their goals and they're just going to keep them going. Um, so once they sign up and they start to go through their package, the trainer's already talking about what their future goals are, what they're looking to do with them as they keep continuing to progress. And then I would say like nine times out of 10, the person just keeps renewing. So, so it is an organic kind of movement yes. of of a member that's mm -hmm. there that's paying for maybe like open gym or group like it's organically happening you don't necessarily yes. track it or measure it or have a specific timeline in place for the movements to be happening no i make it uh very organic because again I, the feel that we have with that small group community i don't really want to be like oh yeah now it's time for you to come try this like and push people into it i kind of let them ebbs and flow the way that they want and then we go from there. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, 
I'm, I hope that I'm not insinuating that we push anybody. I think that like a, a timeline sales process in place might look like a reevaluation, you know, six mm -hmm. weeks down the line or eight weeks down the line yeah. to see the progression of the individual and then rediscuss goals because our goals we, always yeah. change, right? Especially as Absolutely. like business owners too. Like mm -hmm. business owners, there are different levels of the business that we continuously, at least, you know, the good ones will pursue. And Absolutely. sometimes when we hit, like when we plateau at like level two or level three, we're like, okay, like what's our goal now, you know? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And that's one of the things we talk about when we sit down in the beginning is like, you get to meet with us again every so often. So I leave it to the trainers because there's again, 120 people. I'm not gonna reach out to every single person. We have like emails that go sent out like, hey, have you met with a trainer recently for your evaluation? And they're saying, hey, why don't we come in and sit down go over some things and all that. Um, but in terms of like a set like, in four weeks, we're meeting again. We don't have that in place right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something we absolutely look into, but that's just not something that we've been pushing per se. Yeah, I would feel like it would be interesting um, to at least see what that might look like, considering it sounds like you have figured out what the formula is for mm -hmm. you to grow your personal training, right? Yes. It starts with client acquisition in the open gym and the group classes. And so when we have that established and we, when we have people coming in, okay, now it's time to scale PT from this foundation. How do we do that? Well, we do it through bridge, bridge sales processes, mm. right? Yes. And especially for it to happen organically, like, I don't know, you tell me, like, if you, if, if you had tracked and measured what that might look like right now, organically, how many people could you say that? you have taken from a group class setting and brought them into personal training? Um, based on the class that we have now, I would say actually 95% of our people who are in classes are now training at some point with a trainer um, since we've started. So like we only offer right now about like six to eight classes, depending on the week. Um, and I would say, again, probably 95% of those people that are in those classes are now all training with the trainer. Wow, so, okay. that's yeah. huge. Yeah, that's and now it's just about getting more classes on the schedule and getting more people into classes to go for so, yeah. that's, that's really impressive considering it's all being done organically. Yeah, it has. Uh, that's, and now I have to give that up to my uh, trainers, to be honest with you. They are doing a phenomenal job. Um, yeah. We also keep the class size smaller um it was because of COVID, but also like we decided to kind of keep it that way just because it gives the trainer the ability to bounce around and kind of get a little bit more one-on-one -on -one attention during the class uh -huh. um which i think also gives the allure and gives a better appeal where they're like oh wow this person just helped me out in 30 seconds while doing this with other people i'd like to see if they can do one-on-one -on -one with me so sure. yeah sure. um do you see this improving retention as well? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think like, especially like even, I would say our open house that we just had for our one year. I mean, that kind of showed me um, the community feel we had. We had more people than I was expecting show up. Um, and yeah, it went very well. I mean, they brought in their friends, they were bringing in family. Um, and it was a really cool environment and feel. And like now, like 
we have members come up to me saying, hey, like, why don't we all do like a, we go out to like a pub or we all go out to like do some here. You're going to have another one of these events. Like we'd love to bring more people in. So yeah. it's working out really well. And like now people are in classes. They're all like taking pictures at the end of the trainer and they're posting it. So I, I would say that, uh, yeah, the classes and that whole field has definitely been keeping our retention high. I want to, I want to wrap the show with two questions that I like answering, especially when we've had such a good conversation and that's what, what do you feel like are some immediate next steps for your business? I know that we've talked about them, but from a, cl from a clarity perspective for you, what are some immediate next steps? Let's say for the rest of 2021. So immediate next steps are growing our classes our, by schedule and by um, our reach, whether that be um, again, organically reaching out to members, telling them, Hey, yeah, bring people in. We got some more classes, um, utilizing our new gym software to also do that as well. Um, and another big thing that we want to do is I've been setting up now with different physical therapy departments, nutritionists to come in and actually do workshops or seminars, not just like with the trainers, but also with our members, um, kind of getting them to learn and understand that, um, our gym isn't just like come in, sweat, and then get the hell out. It's a come in, learn, and keep growing um, and improving yourself. So we have a lot of seminars coming up this year. Um, we're going to grow the group classes, and they would be our, my they would be my main two focuses this year is to do those things. Um, the training program again, based on how we've already been doing it, and based on my staff is already organically growing. So I'm going to kind of just continue down that path that we've been doing. But um, I would say other than that, also the merchandise. I mean, now that I've got the money to actually spend on the merchandise, it's been uh, it's been going very well. A lot of people are I'm seeing them around like in Princeton now because um, we're so close to there. People walking around with our hoodies on and shirts and all that. So I would like to be able to grow it that way and go from there, man. There's some more uh, income avenue for you right there, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Always, always a nice trigger for a business owner. How else can mm -hmm. I generate more avenues for income? Exactly. We've had about two or three and now we're looking to get to about four or five, maybe six, depending on the fucking. So that's the plan. Um, if you were able to speak to your younger self, maybe when you were first starting this business a year ago. Yes. Oh, knowing, knowing what you know today, what's the yeah. one piece of advice you'd give that person? Um, I would say one, I had to trust my gut a little bit more in the beginning. There was a in the beginning, I had exactly the membership kind of um, platform we have now and the structure. And I went against that when I started talking to some people, listening to other people's opinions. Um, and then I had uh, cash flow was kind of up and down all over the place. And we had to make cash flow steady. And I went back to the system that I really wanted. It worked out. It's been working out great. Um, but also, things are going to happen. Uh, things are going to, you know, pop up that you weren't expecting or um, that you just got to pivot and you got to collect yourself and just move on. You just got to game plan, move on. Uh, so almost, uh, I would tell my younger self, you know, don't sweat the small stuff, take it a step at a time and just keep going. That's been my philosophy for the past few months. So it's been great. But in the very beginning, <laughs> I got, you know, you get flustered, you know, it's, it's new. Uh, I was, yeah. So I would say just learn to pivot, um, trust the process and go from there. Nice word pivot. I like that. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you online, my friend? Um, so right now, our gym website is LutusPerformanceWestWindsor.com. We have an Instagram of Lutus Performance Gym, same with Facebook. Um, you can find me and my trainers as 
Coach Joe underscore Ludus or Coach Bev underscore Ludus, Coach Adam underscore Ludus. Um, so all of our trainers have the Ludus uh, underscore Ludus at the end of their title. Um, and then we're going to be also launching a YouTube channel this year. So Sweet. a lot of um, tutorials and things like that. Awesome. Are you guys on TikTok at all? We're not on TikTok. And it's funny because like one of my younger members keeps pushing me to do it because she says yeah. I'm funny, which I don't think I'm very funny. But, you know, we, we can give it a shot. Um, we're looking to do that and explore those avenues as well. Social yeah, media. Yeah. yeah. TikTok's the new Instagram, man. That's whatever keeps telling me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Love it. Jim Lord Nation. I know I speak for you guys when I say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, the show today, Joe. Really appreciate you. And uh, Jim Lord Nation, thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Jim Lord's podcast. If you like what Joe and I had to say, don't forget, smash that subscribe button below in order to be notified of our next episode. Take care, guys. We will see you next time. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Chad Sprague, owner of Athletic Evolution in Canmore, Alberta, Canada. Chad, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Dominic, for having me. You are very welcome. Tell us about Athletic Evolution. What type of gym are you? What are you doing there? How are you affecting lives in your community? Well... We are a general facility here. We offer memberships to uh, uh, any individuals, old to old to young. Um, we offer, uh, you know, a higher end premium facility with uh, mm-hmm. with very very new um, equipment uh, in a beautiful mountain town setting. So our facility is it's full of windows. So while you're doing your workouts, you can see the mountains outside and uh, and get inspired by by the outdoors. I, I can second that having not been to your gym, but looking at all the pictures and anybody listening, like the first thing you should do after you're done with this episode is just go online and, and look at athletic evolution, look at their social media. It's a beautiful on brand, very, very put together gym. Everything's organized. It's clean. Uh, all the equipment is, is name brand. It's top of the line. Uh, this is really really a, a high-end strength facility that anybody who's ever geeked out and thought about what their dream home gym might be. If you like, if you like strength training, like it's got everything that you might want, not a lot of fluff, not a, there's no Zumba area. 
There's no cardio kickboxing. This is like, come in, lift some heavy stuff in the most beautiful environment you can picture. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not all fluff. It's really just do this in, in a way that I haven't seen executed really before. So um, I second that. And I think that uh, it's, it's a cool example. I think just seeing what you have laid out and hearing is going to inspire some people to, to want to, uh, want to have this dream looking gym. And I want to hear more about how it works. So the gym existed before you, before you uh, came in as an owner, but that's been 11 years ago. So how did the process happen? How did you become an owner of the gym? You own the building. Um, what, what was that process like for you? Well, um, first of all, uh, I wasn't from this town. So my sister moved here and that's what brought me from this, brought me to here initially. So uh, <clears throat> I come to this town and I actually worked out in the gym and uh, fell in love with it. Um, it was really unique. <clears throat> and uh, after I worked out in it, I decided to, uh, to make the move. I decided to come to Canmore and I, and I went and I met the, I met the previous owner and I asked him if I could, if I could buy it. And, uh, and I was lucky enough that, uh, that he sold it to me. So, so, and that was, uh, that was 11 years ago now. Awesome. Awesome. Was it, was it this high end state of the art thing of beauty that it is now then, or is it more standard? Well, back then, uh, you wouldn't even recognize the gym. I'll tell you, that's how uh, many changes we've made here. So we've pretty much uh, made changes from ground up in every corner of the gym. Um, you know, as far as flooring, paint, renovations, new bathrooms, uh, new, for, new, new counters, new, new everything. There's not literally um, a single piece uh, in this gym that hasn't been um, redone. So... So we've spent years and years trying to make uh, everything make sense in the gym. We wanted a really good flow in the gym. When you walked in, we wanted things organized and everything that makes sense. So when you walk around, um, you know, there's a section, you know, a push. There's a section of pull. All the leg equipment is, is, is lined up, um, you know, side by side. You're not everything, um, you know, hopefully we have a really good flow. So everything is in order. Awesome. What was your background before you came in and just decided, hey, I want to own this gym? Were you in the fitness industry? Were you doing something completely different? It's a big jump to just come in and say, hey, I love this place. I want to be an owner. Well, I mean, I have been going to the gym, um, you know, my entire life. But um, my background is just business. Um, I grew up uh, in a uh, car dealership so my father owned the uh the Ford dealership in our in our town so so I grew up there and uh and then we did sell that and then I went into uh, uh the oil field industry for a while so um but both I owned you know I owned the companies so when I came into this I wasn't uh I wasn't in the gym industry before I was just in business before so I have a business background so I I looked at this as uh you know, as a, as a business, you know, that's, that's where, um, you know, that's where my background is and that's what I wanted to, to offer here. So. Fantastic. And those are really two distinct points of view and starting places that we get when we talk to gym owners, it's across the board, very heavily slanted towards 
fitness enthusiasts, fitness consumers who uh, who become owners, who become entrepreneurs. And it's there is a little bit of a delineation in the type of gym, the size of the gym, because it's much easier. The barrier of entry is a little lower to get into a, a micro gym, a boutique studio, a CrossFit, something like that, uh, where we see people coming with fitness enthusiasm, but business background tend to be more investors in larger gyms. Um, I'm not sure what the square footage is of your gym, but but it looks like it's it's much larger than your average, you know, s- small like boutique exclusive gym. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But there really is a, a, a sharp difference there of how it forms the business and what comes to be. You know, you were a fitness consumer. You were working out. You love the gym. Um, you came to that gym and, and in your head, you're doing probably calculations right off the bat and in thinking about your next business venture. Because once you're an entrepreneur, there's never anything that stops you from thinking about other businesses. It's never one and done. So you come in and you're having all these thoughts and you're like, this is it. This is this is going to be the next thing that I do, the next thing that I own. And you went for it. And you you went for it to the nth degree, right? You've done everything that, you know, that you can imagine and then some to this place. So um, a lot of that has to be based in your business background, right? All the things that you applied in other areas. Is that how you see it? Yes, yes, of course. I mean, I've taken my experience in business and applied it to this gym. That's where um, I feel my success has um, become of the gym. I mean, you, you need to know, you know, uh, um, the daily operations, how things work. You know, you need to all the, you know, the money management, even the soft, the gym software. You know, you need a really good system. So you really got a handle on, uh, on the way the gym operates, you know. And I mean, as uh, me being an owner, I'm here five days a week. I'm here Monday to Friday. And, and I'm here there because I, because I love being here. I mean, it's, it's my happy place. So, uh, so I'm here Monday to Friday, but I'm, I'm really involved. Um, I'm here all day and people are, you know, people can come to me. They can come directly to me, right to the owner. If they have a concern, you know, if they have an issue with anything, you know, or if they have any requests. And so I make sure and I take that, you know, and I take that, um, you know, into the daily operations It's always making sure that you listen to the clientele and, you know, and you're, you're giving them what they want. You're giving them what they need to, to be able to, to, uh, to have it as their happy place as well. Absolutely. Did you feel like there were things above and beyond just being an experienced business person, right? And knowing general operations, cash flow, how to look at a balance sheet. Those are all the things that we call kind of general business knowledge um, that comes with years of ownership and experience, we'd hope. But do you feel like the other industries that you were in being, you know, whether the oil field industry or the automotive industry, did you feel like there were things in the experience or the execution of those things that you could apply to the fitness business that may have been lacking or, or may generally be lacking? Um, what I learned, especially in the car industry, was customer service. That was, uh, that was a huge success um, because you need to, you, you, I mean, your clients, your customers are the ones that keep the business going. So they're the ones, you know, you have to keep happy, you know, keep, keep satisfied. So, so I brought that in from, from the industries. It was just customer service 
um, was a real, I, I had a lot of experience with that. So I brought the customer service aspect into the gym itself and just being really present um, at all times. Um, I feel that has been a huge, a huge success uh, for us. So you had this customer service oriented mentality. And I know from, from some experience and some business dealings that I've had in the automotive industry, um, automotive manufacturers, they, they pay very dearly in reward uh, automotive owners who have good customer service reports and scores. So it's very heavily weighted. And if you have these big multi-billion dollar companies that know how important it is, it, it never gets lost on somebody who's in that business that it's really the most important thing in so many ways. So you had that and you were a consumer of fitness. You've probably been a member at one or two or 10 different facilities over the course of your training career, right? The times, whatever, however serious or casual you consumed it. So you knew the things that were missing, the things that you thought if, if I owned it, this would be a, a huge push. This would be something that would really make me happy as a consumer. So you mesh those things together in, in creating your vision of what this ultimate gym was really going to be like. Well, my vision has changed quite a bit over the years. I mean, that's one thing you have to do is you always have to be evolving. You know, what you think today, you know, is works well tomorrow that could change. So you really have to, you know, be up and be really present with, you know, with changes and what has always happened. I mean, um, you know, every day, um, you know, you come in, you set yourself a goal. And once you meet that goal, you set yourself another goal. And, and that is, and that is how you're always trying to keep, um, keep up, you know, with, uh, with things, you know, it's, it's, uh, I have the attitude where it's never, I'm never satisfied. Unfortunately, I wish, I wish I was, but <laughs> But uh, I'm never satisfied. I always think that every day um, I could possibly improve something and uh, and do a better job in one way or another. That's uh, that's probably just as much a contributing factor to you ending up in the position that you're in as it might be something that could drive you a little bit crazy, though, right? Like if you were if you were satisfied with where you were as a business owner, then maybe the Maybe the, the car business would have been your last stop or the oil business may, you may have just said, all right, this is good. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get cozy and comfortable and just do this until I'm ready to retire. So if you weren't always looking for new challenges or new things to get to, we might not have you as a gym owner. Correct. So that, that drive, that, that kind of entrepreneurial spirit and, and who knows, this is your kind of third foray into it as far as different fields, maybe it brings you somewhere else. But, but while we have you in the world of, of being a gym owner, um, you've changed things a, a lot. You said you've evolved, your vision has changed. Um, have, have there been anything that's really significant that stands out to you from when you got in the industry, what you thought you wanted to now? Any big turning points as far as, as who you are in running a fitness business? Um, well, I guess the big, the big thing that I keep emphasizing on is just strictly being a gym. I mean, over the years, um, I think I have literally tried every single other possible. I always thought like having a one-stop shop um, is more of what people wanted. 
Um, but then, I mean, you know, always trying to add, you know, certain services in here or, um, you know, offering more things in here. And, and, uh, and that uh, was just basically, uh, I was running myself too thin, trying to, uh, I was trying to, um, you know, uh, offer too many, too many different, different things. Like, like, you know, just getting back to the basics is, is I think what's important. It's, it's what important, it's what's, it's what made me successful is just getting back to the basics and saying, listen, we are strictly, strictly a gym. This is what you get. And, and, uh, and if you want any of these other services, well, I'd be more than happy to, to recommend uh, a great place in town uh, to go for a, a class or, or a massage or a stretch or some other, um, you know, if you need a protein shake, go down to the, go down to the store that makes them. I, I do not do any of that here uh, anymore. So, so it is just concentrating on uh, doing one thing and doing one thing very well. Perfect. Perfect. So let's talk about that one thing and how you executed and, and get into a little bit of the black and white. I love the theory and the why and, and everything that goes into it, but you know, for to give our listeners a frame of reference and to, to really get a feel for things like uh, we touched on it a little bit, like how big is your facility? How many clients are you serving? Um, you know, what does it look like? I, I know we say you do one thing, but really you do two, right? They're both training, but how many people are working out on their own and how many people are, are working with one of your trainers? I know you have a staff there, you have some trainers, um, you, you have a kind of a hierarchy there. Let's go into that a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, we have, um, there's myself that's always here, of course. And right now um, we have four trainers and, uh, and we're gonna, um, we don't want any more than four trainers. So I want two male trainers and two female trainers. And, and I want all the trainers to be uh, very unique. Um, I don't want any of them to be the same. So we have a bit of selection. Um, you know, we like the trainers, they all have their niche, the trainers, you know, some are bodybuilding and some are more, you know, on the rehabilitation side with a bit more of a medical background. Right. So, mm -hmm. so hopefully with, um, with those four trainers, we can, um, we can, you know, supply or, you know, er, you know, fit everyone's training needs, um, you know, with just that amount of trainers. Okay. And so between the, the four of them, um, you have some other su support staff, you have a general manager that, that works under you also. Correct. That kind of works on operations and things like that. Um, how, many, how many personal training clients roughly would you say you have all in uh, out of the, the 500 or so, I think is the number that we talked about, total clients that you have coming in the gym? Oh yeah, we we're right now we're running around 500 uh, clients. Um, uh, before COVID started, though, we were at uh, we were at about 600, um, okay. 600 clients. Um, the gym, um, the gym actually was um, was uh, almost 5,000 square feet. But um, as of uh, three weeks ago, um, I actually purchased uh, the space next to me. So we are uh, in the middle of expanding the gym right now. So that will bring it up to about 6,200 square feet total. Um, so we felt that uh, um, we just need to keep growing and, uh, and we need to keep, um, you know, making things, uh, making things bigger here with, with COVID here too as well. 
um, you know, people want a lot of their own space and, and uh, we don't want it to be too, too crowded in here. So, so, you know, with the renovation going on next door, we're going to open up, expand the gym and, uh, and just hopefully it works, it works uh, well for everyone to have a nice space to come into with areas that are designated to, you know, to themselves where they can uh, just have a nice comfortable workout and, uh, you know, and get on with their day. Yeah. And it only makes sense to a degree too with the type of training that you promote there, right? Because there's so much strength training going on. There's a lot of barbell work. There's a lot of things where it, from a safety standpoint, having more room is good. You don't want to just add more people, add more equipment and crowd the space. Everything is already so nicely laid out. There's a clear flow to it. It's really hard if you spend all that time working on that to actually having, you know, you throw one piece of equipment in and now the whole gym floor just doesn't make sense to anybody. So you're being very mindful and methodical instead of just, oh, this new piece of equipment is cool. Let me get that and, and throw it in here. Well, another thing too here is what we always uh, want is, is we want to worry about the experience that you have here. That's, that's really important to us. You know, when you come in, we want it, you know, extremely clean. So right away you feel comfortable. You know that, you know, that we're taking place, you know, we're taking care of the place. So have it extremely clean, have it smelling good, have it looking good, you know, always have, you know, suitable music playing, just have the, have the whole atmosphere, um, you know, is what's really important. So that just, that just, um, you know, builds on the whole experience that people have when they come here. So, you know, it's just make sure you, you know, meet and greet people when they come to the door as well, make sure, you know, they're, you know, give them a good smile. And then, uh, and hopefully when they come in and they use the whole facility that everything works good, smells good, looks good, uh, you know, sounds good. And so when they leave, they, you know, they're just, they're just smiling, you know, grinning ear to ear. Awesome. A absolutely. And you seem to be just, just continually mindful of how everything is happening and how the next thing you do will affect everything else. Nothing you do seems to be done in a vacuum. So uh, that's, that's something that I think a lot of people can take from, you know, one good idea could be fantastic on its own, but if it affects everything else that you have going on, you need to pull it back and, and is this the right time? Is this the right thing? So um, obviously COVID is a, is a black cloud. It's something that's hanging over us, but for the most part, um, it's been going on long enough and, and I know Canada's had tougher restrictions than, than a lot of places in the U S and it's, it's been sort of, you know, uh, provincially specific, but it's still, it's been tough, but you, you know, where you stand, you, you have your layout the way it is, you know, what things you have to do. So that's all in place. And then you, you knew that you had an issue with space for doing what you wanted to do. You needed a little more space. So you're addressing that. Do you have anything else on the horizon? Any other challenges that you're tackling, that you're planning for? Anything as far as the overall growth of the business and its evolution um, that's on your mind that you're you're already planning ahead for? Uh, well, we are just about uh, to to where we need to be here. Um, I, I don't think I can grow much much more. Um, but uh, what I could say to any people looking to get into the gym industry um, is uh, own your facility. 
make sure you don't rent it or lease it from anyone. I mean, if you want a successful facility that's going to, you know, last stand the, the test of time, you know, you really need to be able to, you know, to own your, to own your property. So, so you're the one in control of everything. And, uh, you know, and if anything goes, you know, ever goes wrong, you, you're always, you always have the option of, uh, like through COVID, I mean, I just, I survived by, uh, I didn't have to pay myself rent. So, so, um, you know, uh, you, and you never know what's coming, but I mean, for any new gym owners, just, uh, you know, if you're really serious about it and you want to be there, I mean, make sure and, you know, buy your facility and own it. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then you're, you know, you're really solidified there. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And it's, it's really something that doesn't get stated a lot in the industry is how much more valuable your gym is to you at the time you own it. And potentially if you ever go to sell it, if you have real estate that goes with it, you know, a gym is maybe a book of clients that do or don't stay and a bunch of, regardless of how nice it is, a bunch of depreciated and depreciating equipment. But when you have a piece of real estate that goes with it, the advantages of it go so much further. And, and if somebody, you know, I just don't think it gets talked about enough and, and granted, you know, it's, it's good. If you're a trainer, you get a small spot. Um, maybe you can't buy something right away, but it, it's not even on a lot of people's radar to how do I get to a point where I can own this facility and be paying myself rent. The tax advantages are fantastic. The, the revenue, the cap, there's so much that goes into it. It's not just, oh, I'm not paying rent. It's, I have this other machine that I have. And who knows if you're fortunate enough to have a, a facility where you occupy only part of it and you can get some other rents coming in. Like all of these things are really part of the evolution of a true business owner and not a self-employed personal trainer or somebody who's, whose job owns them more than, more than they own it. So I really appreciate that perspective. And, uh, I think it's something a lot more people need to hear and I'm glad that you brought it up. So that that's fantastic. So with that said, we are just about out of time, but before we let you go, I want to make sure people know where they can find you online. So your website, uh, athleticevolution.ca, that's the website, correct? Correct. Yes. All right. And then we have you on Instagram too at athletic evolution gym. And that points to you. And then Facebook is AE Canmore. So AE like athletic evolution, Canmore like the town you're in, correct? Correct. Awesome. So if somebody, if somebody's out there, they're in the area, if somebody's in Canmore, they probably already know about you, but you're in a tourist area, you know, people going to visit Banff, you just want to look at the gym. Even if you're never going to go and see it, you want to see the layout, get an idea of what we're talking about. Um, you want to reach out ask Chad some questions, pick his brain, get more info about who's talking about. Chad, you said you'd be open to that if somebody wanted to reach out to you, correct? Correct. Absolutely. Get a hold of me, give me a call, reach out to me in an email, any way you want. I would love to, uh, uh, to connect with you. Awesome. So to all, all our gym owners out there listening, people who want to be gym owners, trainers, you want an example of a beautiful facility that has all the toys, and, and is just a one track. This is what we are. We're not trying to be all things to all people. We're trying to do one thing better than everybody else into it to a very high standard. Check out 
Chad, check out the gym. Everything that we said is an understatement. Uh, thank you so much for being on with us. I appreciate it. It's been great having you. Thank you, Dominic. You are, are very welcome, sir. To everybody out there listening, we thank you for your time too. We appreciate you spending a little bit of your day with us. If you want to be notified when new episodes drop, click the subscribe button. If you want to leave us a comment, a review, we love all the feedback. And lastly, but definitely not least, if you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you. We'd love to have you on. To everybody out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.